It's Jefferson Graham. You're listening to the iPhone Photo Show, where we talk about all things iPhone photography related on today's episode. Let's dive in on using the iPad for photography. Now, I just said the show is all about the iPhone, but the iPad is kind of an extension of the iPhone and really goes hand in hand with um, everything we're going to talk about today. Now, right now, a ninth generation model iPhone Pad, which is the old one, is still available. It normally sells for $329, but it's being discounted for $250, which is about as good a price as I've ever seen for it. Know that the product line actually goes all the way up to $1,100, but this $250 iPad should really be an essential of everybody's bag, uh, particularly for travel. Uh, you know why? Well, for edits. For backup, but what software is available and is it worth it to drag it with you on vacation? Yes, yes, yes. We'll dive in, but first let's look at the news of the week. Starting with DP Review, the beloved camera review site, which Amazon said a few months ago would be shutting down imminently, lives on. Gear Patrol a website that does a whole bunch of reviews, not just cameras, but everything from speakers and TVs and everything you could imagine. Gear Patrol is uh, going to keep it running. The news was announced by DP Reviews General Manager Scott Everett, who said the new version of the site would continue to focus on camera reviews and photo news. Amazon had originally said the site would close as part of a cost-cutting, which really didn't make sense to anybody because if you didn't want to run it, fine, but let somebody else have all those 20-plus years of archives. A lot of people really like going there for camera reviews and because they were about as in-depth as they get. Insta360, speaking of camera makers, they're set to release a new camera and they've been teasing it on social media for a June 27th announcement. It is expected to be the Tiny Go 3, which would be the successor to the Go 2, a GoPro-like mini camera that's marketed as the world's smallest action camera. Now, it's hard to get even smaller than a GoPro. How do you do it? So I'll be really interested to see how teeny this new camera is going to be. I don't know much about it, but I know it's going to be small. Daring Fireball, the website reports that the way we access QR codes in iOS 17 will be changing. Now when you can... Now when you scan a QR code, the link button automatically appears at the bottom of the camera interface. So instead of chasing the dancing link around the viewfinder, you'll be able to simply tap its fixed location above the shutter button. And finally, Amazon Prime Day starts on July 11th. Apple fans, you're not going to see any iPhones discounted there. It's usually just 5 and $10 off junk that you don't care about, as well as deeper discounts on Amazon-made stuff. Anyone need a new Echo speaker? Because that's about all you're going to be able to find that you might want on Prime Day. Alrighty, now let's dive into the iPad. Should you have an iPad for your photography? Well, as a camera... Absolutely not. Is there anything dorkier than seeing someone stand in a national park with a giant iPad to get a photo? The new iPads have what's billed as a new and improved camera, but not really. It's the same 12 megapixel ultra wide camera. It's always had and nowhere as good as the optics that you get on the iPhone. Now, I'm assuming that anyone with an iPad would also have an iPhone. So why would you bother with taking pictures on an iPad? 
But when it comes to editing, especially for traveling, I think the iPad is essential. You can import your photos in the hotel room and edit them on a screen where you can actually see them in big, beautiful colors. You can back up your photos on that second device while you're on the road. Now, the knock initially was that Adobe Lightroom for the iPad was a pale imitation of what we have on the computer and not worth our time, but that has changed. I just cranked it open this morning, and it's just as full-featured. I loved editing on it. To see my images on a big, beautiful 10.9-inch screen was incredible, and I've been using a review copy of the iPad Pro, which is fantastic, but I also had the entry-level iPad for quite some time, and that was also terrific. Many photo programs at one point were simply the iPhone version, just blown up and they were a pain in the butt to use. However, there are now full apps, just like, just like Lightroom and Google Snapseed and Darkroom and others. Let's talk about video editing because video editing on the iPad has always been substandard to the Mac and just too hard to do. Yes, there was iMovie, but it didn't hold the candle to full-featured Final Cut on the Mac for me. And now Final Cut is available for the iPad, finally. But I've got a lot to say here. First of all, it only works with certain editions of the iPad. That $249 ninth generation edition that I've been speaking about will not cut it. It won't work. You need an iPad with an improved M1, M2 chip, and thus you'll need either the iPad Air, which starts at $550, or the iPad Pros, which begin at $7.99 and $10.99. To use the iPad in Final Cut requires a $5 monthly subscription, even if you've already paid $300 for Final Cut on the Mac. Now, how do you get your footage in? That's a problem. You can airdrop it to the Mac if you like, or plug in a USB-C hard drive. The um, Do know that the iPad Air and the iPad Pros have a USB-C connection and the ninth generation iPad, which I told you won't work with the Final Cut anyway, that has lightning. Now, what you can't do is save the project created on the iPad to the hard drive and move it over to your Mac. You need to do all the edits on the iPad and export the final version from there. Then you need to learn a new way of editing via touchscreen that will take some getting used to. I'm still getting used to it. If you spring for the $100 pencil, that will make it easier. We talked about getting footage into the iPad. What about getting photos out of there? Well, you can do your edits in Lightroom and save them to the device. I would recommend having a cloud program that you like to save the images elsewhere. Apple's iCloud will save the originals, not the edited versions. You have other choices, including Dropbox, Google Drive, and my favorite, SmugMug. I would recommend creating a new folder in SmugMug for your Lightroom edits and uploading them directly from the device. That should work pretty well. SmugMug will also do automatic backups on the iPad, but you want to have your edited versions. Finally, let's talk about the iPad for one of the great joys of traveling, watching TV. If you subscribe to any of the streaming services, whether that be Netflix, Hulu, Max, whatever, you can bring your shows with you wherever you go and not have to worry about those pesky sign-ins on hotel TVs or having to find something worth watching on their cable bundle. Well, needless to say, when I re went recently to France and Japan, couldn't find much to watch on TV that I actually understood, so I was thrilled to have the iPad with me. 
I find that in a hotel room, the TV is far away from the bed and I get a better image just propping up the iPad and watching it right in front of me. So yeah, never travel without the iPad. What are your thoughts? How many of you use the iPad for photography? I'd love to hear from you. Please do me a favor and subscribe to the PhotoWalks TV newsletter and drop me a line jeffersongram.substack.com. I'll be back next week with another edition of the iPhone Photo Show.